All right. Uh, welcome back to STEM Fatal, your women in science history podcast. I'm Dr. Emlyn Gremlin. And I'm Octor. Oh my God. Octopus. (laughs) Call myself like octopus. Um, I don't even remember. It's it's a lot. I'm Dr. Emma Dilemma. Causing problems. Causing problems. Um, Emlyn. Yes. Are you official? Because I got my diploma. I did too. Hey, yeah. Yeah, I am. It's official. (laughs) It felt pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm just going to leap in. Uh-huh. So I was in Hawaii for vacation. We talked about this before the episode because we keep that chit chat private. But yeah, my question is, guess what Hawaii made me realize? There's a lot of seaweed. No, but I did enjoy the limu. It made me think of Our Lady. Okay. Did it make you think of volcanoes? Yes. Ooh, I'm excited. I... Love volcanoes. Yeah. I didn't know I felt that I could feel this way. <laughs> you got to go to more volcanoes. I have to then. go to more volcanoes. I got the volcano bug. It wasn't yeah. even active. Right. Well, oh, I mean, I think right. it's active, but it wasn't currently erupting. Like, I didn't see any lava flow because okay, it's okay. not flowing anymore right now. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. There was like a huge... In Volcanoes National... We went to Volcanoes National yeah. Park. And there was a huge eruption last year and since then it's been quiet the uh the lava has runneth dry (laughs) okay um i don't know why that sounds like gross or something but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know let's not yeah let's not get into it but so i love volcanoes and so i was like okay i want to do a volcanologist (gasps) oh my gosh for this episode you found one and and I found one. Yeah, that's so cool. And I'm very excited. I don't know who this is. Okay, I'm yeah, going to tell you. Right. But also, like, today, I'm going to be telling you a love story. <gasps> of a woman with her volcano? Between a woman <laughs> and a man and oh. their and volcanoes. Oh, okay, cool, It's a little, cool, you know, cool. um, menage a trois, but... Ooh, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. a frightening one. A very, yeah, Perhaps. a very deadly menage <laughs> 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 Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. This is exciting. I'm going to be telling you about Katya Kraft. Oh, nice. Cool name. Yeah. So Katya Kraft was born as Catherine Josephine Conrad All right. on April 17th, 1942 mm-hmm. in France. Wow. So I know nothing about Katya's childhood. So a lot of the sources, oh. <laughs> uh, you'll 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 learn that they were relatively prolific. Okay, but it's all in French, and no one has <gasps> translated it. And Ugh. all of the stuff is like not available. Like I don't know where you'd find it. Yeah. So I'm working on some limited information. That's fine. I mean, I. Almost did like a German woman once, and I found this long document, and I tried to use Google Translate <laughs> to translate oh like this whole book, and then it it was yeah. like so. I was just like, this makes zero sense. I don't think this is gonna work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not to be trusted. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but I, you know, whatever you got, you got. Yeah, it's good. What I got is good. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so 
What I know about her childhood is that she was interested in volcanoes. She hadn't seen any, but she, from pictures and videos from an early age, she became really interested in volcanoes. Nice. That's so cool. Are there volcanoes in France? Mm, not active ones. Okay. Okay. I don't think. Interesting. I learned so much. I've learned so much about volcanoes. Nice. I love it. Um, so Katia attended the University of Strasbourg in France. Okay. Uh, where she studied geology and physics in the hopes of becoming a volcanologist. Ooh, cool. And while studying geology, she met a fellow volcano enthusiast <laughs> named Maurice Kraft. Oh my god, they were just meant for each other, I guess. They were just meant for each other. I'm not going to talk about... Well, he's going to be in the story most of the time, but I'm going to try to focus on things about her. Yeah, but that's he, cool. He also, from a very young age, was obsessed with volcanoes. Nice. Okay. Good for him. Yeah. Now, as Katia started her career... Mm-hmm. Uh, she she did so by taking gas samples at volcanoes. Yeah. Okay. So during undergrad, she took a trip to one of the volcanoes of Italy. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, and it was didn't specify. Hey, but it's a spicy volcano. Is that how, what they do there? <laughs> I don't know. Stupid. Yes. yes. Sorry. <laughs> It's a me volcano. Sorry. It's a me. <laughs> I'm just like doing Mario. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So Ka- so Katia and her like fellow students, I'm guessing maybe from a class or uh-huh. just a group of them who are interested in volcanoes, they went to this volcano in Italy and were taking gas samples. And at this volcano, there's this mixture of sulfur and chlorine carbon vapors. Mm-hmm. That all combine with a lot of steam oh. uh, to have this really negative effect on trousers. Oh. <laughs> so wait, what? Can you open up? Uh, can you oh, open yeah. up? A, I sent you an email. I didn't look at it yet, but also okay. like a negative effect on trousers. Yeah, look at the last what attachment. A mystery. The last one. Okay. <gasps> Um, Emlyn, what is going on here with these pants? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, like, essentially, they were like bending over, taking gas samples, uh-huh. and so all the like gas vapors just kind of came onto their butts and destroyed their pants. So, there's another like I took a screenshot from this movie I watched, oh. and all there's like a group of them all that just have like big holes in the cheeks of their pants. And so they had to like cover desperately try okay, to like cover okay. these holes up. Because what I'm <laughs> looking at right now is someone with jeans. It looks like they're just wearing normal jeans, but there's two like two white pieces of paper like taped to their butt. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And it looks really funny. That's that's so crazy. A straight what was it called? A strange effect on trousers. Yeah, a strange. Wow. That's what the documentary said, and I was like, "That is a great way to put it." Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So that was her one of her first trips to see a volcano. Wait, did it only? Additionally, did it only degrade the trousers in the butt area? Yeah, but I think that's because they were like crouching oh, over, so they're stretched. and so they're stretched. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. 
Imagine. I don't think the gases are drawn to the ass, but I can't say for sure. Imagine just all of a sudden being like, oh, it feels like breezier. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like breezier and probably burning because it's like (laughs) steamy sulfuric acid. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay. Yes, you may go on now. (laughs) Yes. That's hilarious. So. Later on as an undergraduate in 1966, Katya and Maurice Mm -hmm. uh, saved up money and then went and explored Stromboli, which is a volcano in Sicily that's been active for the past 1,400 years. (gasps) Wow. Just lava's been flowing. Okay. I didn't didn't know. So this was Katya's first experience with an erupting volcano. Wow. And she was stunned into silence. Yeah. Um, below her, she could see a fountain of lava spraying up from the crater center center of red boiling lava. Dang. And there were superheated rocks that yeah. were flying all around her. And her cheeks burned with the heat from the lava because it's like 2,000 degrees. Wow, that's so nuts. Yeah, I've never been that close to lava. Like, that's dangerous. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yes. Yeah. So at the volcano, she collected minerals and gases to gather data and then photographed its eruption. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And a lot of these gases are potentially lethal. (laughs) So they had to be really careful. And they had to wear helmets against falling rocks. Now, I want you to watch the... Let's go back to this document I sent you. Yeah, I'm here. And can you look at the screen recording? Yeah. (gasps) oh my god how can they even be standing there look at the helmets (gasps) oh my god this is crazy it looks fake almost i know you gotta what do these helmets look like they look like (laughs) it just looks so ridiculous They look like Darth Vader helmets, kind of, from the back, but, like... Yeah, yeah. Or, like, one of his minions. It, like, goes over the shoulder. It also (laughs) reminds me of, like, Monty Python for Mm -hmm. some reason. Yeah, a little bit like a knight's helmet, but way too big. (laughs) Yeah, charging into battle against the volcano. That's so crazy. And we're gonna post all these, right, for people? Yeah, we'll post them. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Uh, That's so crazy. (laughs) So at this time, they're like going, funding their own trips to these volcanoes. So they have very limited funds. Yeah. And so they don't really have, besides these helmets, they don't have really much specialized equipment. They have cameras, camping gear, Mm -hmm. heavy gloves, and they wore these matching red stocking caps to keep their heads cool so like all the photos you see of them together they're wearing these like matching red stocking caps yeah okay i see that it's pretty adorable that's really cute so they went like they went on to stromboli and they took a bunch of pictures and took all these gas samples and they found that people were extremely interested in their photographs Mm. and so katia began selling these photographs to fund these expeditions i see Um, cool and so she would take photographs and maurice would take video Uh and they would sell those to fund these trips wow i mean it's really i'm sure not a lot of people are getting that close to erupting volcanoes 
No, they weren't. Like this was she, they were pioneers in yeah, most of all, uh, volcanologists would either be very far away uh-huh. or they would wait till the eruption was over and then they would collect data. Yeah. I mean, so this, this was like a like really revolutionary so approach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a reason why. Yeah. Um, so at the age of 20, uh, Katya won a vocation foundation prize for her work in wow, volcanology. Nice. So she was early recognized as a pioneer. That's awesome. In 1968, Katya and Maurice founded their own center for volcanology, and neither of them wanted to deal with the bureaucracy of universities or scientific organizations. So for the rest of their career, they wrote books, gave lectures, and sold photographs and videos of volcanoes in order to fund these worldwide expeditions. That's so cool. They just were like, we're going to study volcanoes outside of any normal way of studying something scientifically yeah might as well yeah nice that's so together they they went on to visit hundreds of active volcanoes wow and became pioneers and legends in volcano studies yeah i mean if they're like one of the fewest brave people to go do what they're doing Mm -hmm. yeah so people would just call them up and say, it's erupting, or get over here, it's about to blow. Oh and then gosh. they would rush off, like get a plane ticket and rush off to whatever country it was wow. to try to make it in time to see the volcano erupt. They're lucky they found so they take each all other. their meager equipment. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, yeah. it takes a certain type of person. Definitely. And so they would arrive to these locations as everyone else is fleeing. Uh-huh. Of course. And they backpack with all of their equipment up the side of the (sighs) volcano. So it's like extremely like rigorous work. Yeah. I mean, and apparently some. Huh? Oh, apparently some years they flew further than the distance between the earth and the moon. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. (laughs) So did they ever get like life-threatening burns or concussions or you know severely injured on these trips um i don't know about severely injured or like i think they definitely got a bit of burns but i haven't seen any like documentation of yeah like them recounting that right they're not like missing parts of their body or something after certain trips all of their all of their body parts yeah okay Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) as I was kind of saying before, like, at this time, volcanologists would pretty much wait for an eruption to be over before studying it, or they'd make observations from, like, far, far distance. Yeah, right. But the crafts were the first (laughs) volcanologists to get up and close with, uh, up close and personal with active erupting volcanoes. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's so scary. And this gained them understandably some notoriety yeah uh and some consider their actions relatively foolhardy right but they were collecting data nobody else was able to get so you know i mean they probably understood the risks right and yeah definitely yeah so i'm gonna give you a bunch of vignettes of kind of eruptions that they documented or 
expeditions they went on. I don't really have a timetable. I don't know where when any of this happened. Yeah, that's all there's right. not as there's really not much information, surprisingly. But there is this great documentary called The Volcano Watchers oh, that has cool. a bunch of their footage, yeah. and then they talk about the eruptions. So nice. I'm going to okay. use most of that. So. Cool. It's going to be snapshots of their yeah. life. Yeah. So in 1970, Maurice and Katia got married, and they spent their honeymoon on the Greek <laughs> island of Santorini, observing uh-huh. multiple active volcanoes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are they, like, doing things <laughs> next to the volcano? <laughs> I, I can, I can nope. say nothing about that. I'm just... Uh, they're and I will collecting not. data. They're collecting data. Yeah, um, that's it. That's so on, unique. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty unique. On January 23rd, 1973, mm-hmm. they were called... Someone, they got, like, got this call, like, you gotta get to southern Iceland. Okay. And so, uh, hey, uh, Jaime, a volcano that had been silent for thousands of years, Ooh. had suddenly erupted, forcing wow. an eva- uh, evacuation of 5,000 residents oh from the area. Oh, my gosh. Meanwhile, they're just walking into town. Like- <laughs> exactly. So as everybody's evacuating the town, <laughs> Katya and Maurice Kraft are arriving, <laughs> and they got in touch with a hotel owner and they're like we're gonna stay here and he's like that's fine don't pay me like it's probably gonna be gone in the morning i'm fleeing do whatever you want yeah so they they stayed in this hotel oh my gosh uh, and they went through the front door in the evening that they arrived Uh and when they woke up so much ash had fallen that they had to climb out the second floor window to get out how do you even, like, <laughs> fall asleep knowing this is happening, like, right next to you? I, there's I no know. way I could fall asleep. Man. I know. It get These are some like, brave souls. I mean, it's almost like they need the volcano. Like, the volcanoes were a I, drug, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, I think they're addicted to the volcano. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. It's love. That's what love is. It's an addiction. You're right. They're in love with the volcanoes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right. So that was Iceland. Yeah. So uh Paracutan, I think I'm not sure if this is how you pronounce it, in Mexico is another volcano and it suddenly burst into life. And uh-huh. so obviously people are like, You gotta get here, you gotta get here. Whoa. And so they hurried on down and from just farmland, like flat farmland, mm-hmm. um, this volcano rose out of the ground in a week and had created a cone 500 feet high. <gasps> oh my god, that's so scary! <laughs> that's <laughs> and this caused 6,000 people to flee. Yeah, oh and my god. there was like a they, they all came back about a year later for a, like a memorial, and their homes were 800 feet underground. <gasps> Whoa. Because of all the uh, lava. And where were... And ash. And so how did the crafts, like, get through that? I mean, I think they, from a distance, witnessed... Oh, okay. And took video of the eruption. I see, I see. Yeah. They weren't as close to that one, I guess. As no. Sh- okay. <laughs> they also went to Mount Etna, which has been continually active for thousands of years, right. apparently. Okay. And this lava flows at 20 miles per hour with a temperature of 2,000 degrees. <gasps> oh, my God. 
And they will, like, there's video of them, like, 10 feet from lava. 15 feet from lava. Like, there's lava on either sides of them rushing down the mountain, (gasps) and they're, like, videotaping it. That's insane. Yeah. Some of the video footage they have is... Is bonkers. Insane. Yeah. Bonkers bananas. (laughs) Okay, so... Additionally, Central Africa at this time was being literally torn apart by the movement of tectonic plates. Okay. And so in 1973, Mount uh, Nirogongo, which is in the Democratic Republic of Congo, it contained this lake of boiling lava. Whoa. That was on the surface. And so the crafts climbed up this mountain... Of course. And then climbed down 300 meters into the <gasps> mouth of the volcano. So they could just feel, they were just getting a nice steam, like opening up getting their nice pores, steam. basically. <laughs> so like one area, so like there's a platform, like you go 300 feet down and there's a platform. And then at some point there's this lava lake. Whoa, that's amazing. But they stayed 15 days <gasps> uh, in the platform uh, camping. <laughs> In this crater, in like hot, steam. next to an openly boiling lava pit, which what? is on the top of a magma like pressure cooker, like Whoa. it could pop off, literally pop off at any moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, here and here's what here's what Katia has to say about this experience. Okay. okay. When you're camped on the rim of a volcano, you have all these noises all around you. Yeah, like you're in the bowels of the earth. And compared to this giant volcano, you are just nothing. This is very nice to feel. <gasps> I'm thinking the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> opposite? She's like, ah, oh, the sounds of hell lulling me to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh you, uh, that's, I'm glad someone feels that way. But it's not how I feel, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's a good thing. Two people feel that way and did what they did, and that not everybody feels that way. Because, <laughs> but who knows be what happened on those fifteen days on that volcano rim? Ah, it'd just be sweaty. Like I just imagine so, it so being sweaty, really sweaty, and like, how do you sleep? I don't, I don't know. What do mm. they do on the platform? Just watch it. I think so. Yeah. It feels like a lot of maybe days to maybe me. I'm sure like it's very easy to cook dinner. Yeah, they just have skewers that they I mean yeah, <laughs> or they have a fishing line. They just like put put things down into the pot and then bring it yeah. back up. Yeah, it's like um, what's that cur- a hot hot pot? It's like a hot yeah pot. <laughs> hot pot. <laughs> but your food instantly disintegrates. <laughs> right. Oh man, are they still not again? <laughs> Um, so luckily while they're spending 15 days on this in this crater it did not erupt or overflow yeah or anything like that however four years later the volcano erupted causing lava to pour down the side of the mountain at 60 to 70 kilometers per hour and over 100 people and a herd of elephants were caught up in the lava and died oh my gosh that's horrible and you can see there's, like, elephant-shaped holes in the lava uh, where the lava, like, went around the elephants and then the elephants just, like, burnt up and there's, like, skull, like, it's just nothing and then a couple, like, skulls. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's scary. Volcanoes are scary, man. Don't fuck with volcanoes. Yeah. Hey, we're all sitting on top of a super volcano. It's true. <laughs> any day, so, I guess. Any day. Hopefully not anytime soon. Yeah. They also traveled extensively in Indonesia. Oh, Which cool. has apparently 140 active volcanoes. Did you know that? Um, I did know that it had volcanoes, but I did not know it had that many. <laughs> yeah, it's the highest concentration in the world. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And while visiting Indonesia, cra- the crafts visited more than 100 of these volcanoes. Whoa. Because they're insane people. I mean... That's like climbing a hundred mountains, right? I mean, I guess some I of, know, like just even the climbing part yeah. is. Some of them might not. Gotta have such good thighs high up, but like I know some volcanoes are kind of close to the ground because they're yeah. they're coming up, you know, whatever. But yeah, even but still, most I feel like are pretty lot. high. Yeah, that's still just like a. Going probably to a lot of different places, like Indonesia mm-hmm. has a lot of different islands. Is yeah. that right? I yep. don't know. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> Google Indonesia real quick, JK. Um, wow. So while in Indonesia, one of the most not- notorious things they did was at this volcanic lake. Wow. This volcanic lake, which is known as the Green Crater or Kawa Ijen, okay. uh, contains a diluted soup of sulfuric acid and hydrochloric acid. So okay. that's what this lake is made of. And is that like, so are they wearing masks or are they just inhaling all of this? I think they brought masks a okay. lot of the time. And oxygen tanks ever? Or no, no, I, don't I don't think they brought any oxygen tanks. Wow, oh my gosh. There's this giant lake in the middle of this volcanic crater that's filled with sulfuric and hydrochloric acid. Ugh. And the crafts thought it was a good idea to bring this old rubber boat that they got in a secondhand shop. And they inflated this rubber boat. Uh-huh. And it, this is a teeny-ass boat. Uh-huh. Like, their knees are knocking together on this boat. And they went... Into the middle of the lake of acid. And the acid didn't degrade their boat? Um, not enough to cause an issue. <gasps> oh my apparently. gosh. But there... But, yeah. That's... I'm surprised, yeah. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. They, so they used this... Me- so they went out into the middle of this acid lake. Yeah. Like, sulfuric and hydrochloric acid are, are not to be messed with. No, not at all. Um, and they used a metal bottle attached to, like, a metal cable to determine uh-huh. the depth of the acid lake. They could, like, lower it down oh, and then okay. see how deep the acid lake was. Dang. And they could also take samples at different depths. Wow. And at some points, the lake was up to 500 meters <gasps> deep. Oh, my God. Imagine falling in. Into the acid lake. Eventually, the acid did eat through the metal cable, so they <gasps> lost that. Ca- they lost that bottle, and so they couldn't take any more measurements. Luckily, it didn't eat through the boat. Wow. Okay. And they were able to make it back on shore. I mean, is that something they just didn't predict? Like, I, that would be my first concern. Is like, 
I don't know. I mean, I guess they probably put the boat in. They're like, well, it's not degrading fast, at least. Yeah. Let's see how long we can do this. <laughs> yeah, there's pictures of, like, their hands that have just turned, like, white with acid. Oh, my gosh. Huh. No. They didn't even wear gloves? I found no evidence of such oh such gosh. a thing. They're Okay, they're officially just insane. <laughs> So, on Maurice's birthday, in some year, yeah, they were on the big island of Hawaii near the Kilauea Crater, okay. uh, which is the one that's been active for like 30 years mm-hmm. until recently. Yeah. Uh, and they saw a new fissure actually opening up, like mm. a giant, like kilometers long one with lava spurting out of it. Whoa. And Katia said... What was wonderful was that we saw the beginning of a volcanic eruption. And this is fantastic because we had curtains of fire kilometers long. And this was in the early morning with the best lighting. So it was really fantastic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And Maurice said, I will never have a present like this again. It's just the blood of the earth and it's going down the mountain. Like a lot of blood, really. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> They're so, like, morbidly poetic. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Okay, the blood of the earth. Just trickling blood of the out, earth. and he loves it. He loves yeah. it. It's the best birthday ever. Uh, it's like, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing, tell me. I Maybe I'm hoping that they ended up in hell, if heaven and hell exist. <laughs> oh it would God. be like... <laughs> It would be like heaven for them. <laughs> it's just one big volcano. Just the center of the volcano. Like, you maybe think they'd be really happy there? <laughs> I mean, they like the heat, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, You know, I'm thinking, like, of the cartoonish version of hell, not, uh-huh. like, yeah, the yeah. torturous version, but... Uh, just just a lot of fire and <laughs> yeah. some brimstone. Yeah, I hope they're having a fiery afterlife, at least, in some yes, way. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, yeah, so their careers were, twenty like, for 25 years, they traveled the world together. Uh, Maurice wow. would take these That's video really recordings cool. while she would take photographs <laughs> of the volcanoes. Yeah. They saw over 100 and... 75 erupting volcanoes and saw over 300 active volcanoes during their time that's awesome and they coined um and other volcanologists deemed them the volcano devils so you know maybe (laughs) they do fit in it all fits in with hell and (laughs) and katia took roughly with hell (laughs) it all fits in with hell yeah Roughly 300,000 photographs wow. were taken by Katia of amazing. erupting volcanoes during her career. That's so cool. Are those, like, on display somewhere now? Um, There's some online. I don't know where. I don't know if there's, like, a museum where you can see a bunch of yeah. them. I'm but. sure people have bought. They're probably bought by a ton of different yeah. people around the world. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, like, collections at different museums or something. So here's a couple more quotes from Katia. Nice. It's beautiful, it's aesthetic, and it's also powerful. Very, very powerful. Like a sea when you have a storm, and it's because you are so small, 
and not something important, and it's wonderful. Wow. She really liked to not feel important. Yeah. I mean, I guess can be some a people feeling. just look at the stars to do that, though. That's true. That's true. You know, <laughs> the stars aren't going to kill Floyd, you. Look at the stars. That's what every, like, 14-year-old does. And then they're like, <laughs> oh, my life is meaningless. <laughs> but they had to go see volcanoes. <laughs> they did. They had to. <laughs> She also said, I would always like to be near craters, drunk with fire, gas, my face burned by the heat. Oh, my gosh. That's what she wanted. That's so extreme. They love hell. Yeah. It's very extreme. That's that's they, cool. Okay. So they were so obsessed with volcanoes. Yeah. That they bought a plot of land on the big island near the Kilauea crater. Oh, nice. Which at the time... Uh, you could literally drive your car up and look over the edge into the lava lake. Wow. That's and so cool. they, they bought this land so that in old age, they could maneuver their wheelchairs to the crater's edge together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> they Did- love volcanoes. Okay. But here's my question. Okay. Did they reach old age? <laughs> Um, my next line is, unfortunately, they would not make it yeah, to old age. I was, I was like, there's no way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, in 1991, the crafts traveled to Japan to see an eruption of the Unzen volcano uh-huh. and its pyroclastic flows. So, pyroclastic flows are also known as a, a glowing cloud. And they're okay. this dense, destructive mass of extremely hot ash combined with lava fragments and gases, Ooh. which are explosively ejected from a <gasps> volcano Uh-oh. and can flow downslope at speeds up to 430 miles per hour. Oh, my gosh. So the crafts knew how dangerous uh-huh. volcanoes and these pyroclastic flows could be, and they were hoping to use footage from the Unzen eruption. Yeah. In a safety video to educate people about the dangers of pyroclastic flows. <sighs> okay. So with Japanese TV and newspaper photographers in tow, Maurice and Katya lugged all their equipment up to the mountain to a site on the other side uh, of a valley about two miles away from the volcano. Uh-huh. So while small pyroclastic flows had gone through the valley harmlessly... Uh-huh. Suddenly, there was an uncommonly large explosion. No. Oh, my gosh. And through their lenses, while they're, like, trying to take photos, uh-huh. Katya and Maurice would have been able to see this giant pyroclastic flow coming directly at them. Oh. And would have known that there's no escape. Like, two miles yeah. away, it's moving 430 miles per hour, like, up to 430 miles an hour. There's, like, seconds. Oh, my gosh. Before it hits you. Wow. That's so sad. Yeah. So when the eruption had ended and, like, rescue crews were able to get in there, a total of 41 scientists, journalists, and TV crew members had died instantly in this pyroclastic flow. And was this live streaming to somewhere? Um, Or not? Yeah. Well, so their video wasn't, but there were news anchors that were live streaming. And so... Apparently, there's a video that, like, hasn't been re-released, understandably, that is of a Japanese news reporter looking, like, 
facing away from the the <sighs> mountain, and he's recording and talking about the volcano, and you see the the eruption and the pyroclastic oh. flow coming, and he turns around, and then it just goes dead because <sighs> it gets so like it, it gets oh, to them like instantly. That's so crazy! Oh my gosh. Yeah. They found, when they came back in, they found the charred remains of Maurice and Katia, yeah. and they were the closest to the volcano. So it appears that they went closer <laughs> to of it. Course. Like, when they, uh, they knew that there was nothing to be done. They just went into, you yep. know, they knew this was their fate, so they just... Yeah, I mean, they knew enough about pyroclastic it. flows that as soon as they saw it. Yeah. So here's wow. a couple, two quotes from both of them. Okay. So Katya says, uh, for me, the danger is not important. I am frightened when I go in a car, but with volcanoes, I forget everything. Okay. And then Maurice <laughs> says, uh, I would like to die in a volcano. Yeah. And unfortunately, the probability for me to die in a volcano is quite low. Really? So, <laughs> I mean, I guess that's true if they visited so many over the years. Yeah. But- so there's wow. a silver lining, I guess. <laughs> I mean, got, like, I don't know. he got his wish, you mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, for it, true. you know, if you wanted to die that way, it's not a bad way to go. It's yeah. instantaneous, but... I mean, the amount of times that they went to volcanoes... Like, some of this footage is like, how did you not die, like, the first yeah. time? oh my gosh. Um, well, so that is the story of Katya and Maurice. That is a such a cool story. What an adventurous life, lives they led, you know? I know. Yeah. Pretty and like, uh, there's this, there's this video that I watched that's like really good, but it quotes mostly Maurice and I like didn't want to just have like a bunch of Maurice quotes, but yeah. like some of his quotes are, you should watch it. Like, I wish there was more that Katya said in it. And I don't know if it's like a thing of the times where they were just asking mostly him yeah Hmm. um but like some of the things that he says is just like amazing yeah in like its craziness so i yeah they're definitely crazy yeah yeah (laughs) i mean like it's one of those things that like they collected such data that nobody else was bold enough to take yeah and like they lasted you know, they went to 175 erupting volcanoes That's so before one mean, of them got yeah. them. So, you know, they at least knew roughly how to be safe about it. Yeah, it seems. While getting up yeah, that close. Totally. But it's definitely nothing that I can relate to. It, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm oh, like the so exact scary. opposite of that. I'm just like, no, I'll stay like, you know, 10 states away from the erupting yeah. volcano. <laughs> so it's good to have people like that sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah so that's so cool what a good story i love that yeah with so many like wait you did what (laughs) (laughs) what (sighs) i mean do you think did they spend most of their time traveling or did they ever did they do any kind of data analysis or presentations or anything do you know so they have a bunch of books Okay. And they have a lot of like movies yeah, and then they have some sense. um like the bulletin of volcanology or something. They have published like some studies and stuff like that. Yeah, um, okay. That's cool. Of their like 
I'm guessing mostly like the gas work. Like I know right. there was some stuff that Katya published about, you know, gases next to volcanoes pretty yeah. early on. But I think at some point they became much more interested in documenting with video yeah. and photography what's yeah, going on in these sense. volcanoes. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very intense. Super intense. <laughs> oh, amazing though that's um, so cool i'm gonna yeah. definitely like look up more videos and stuff after this oh yeah you should yeah. It's, it's just like mesmerizing to watch uh-huh and you you saw those like two other you saw the image with them like in their little caps yeah they're very cute i like them a lot and then the other one that's just like one of them in a suit with law la- um a spout of lava it looks like fake yeah it looks it looks like they're on mars or something yeah it's crazy yeah yeah exactly no yeah it doesn't look real at all yeah so that's my story oh nice i love it should we work 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 yeah all right so this is our women who work section where we give shout outs to uh badass women making history and science today and yeah okay So this week, I want to give a shout out to some of the women that pioneered the study of women in science history. Oh, this is very meta. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I like, I was just looking for a story today and I found an article in Smithsonian Magazine by by Susan Dominus. It's about two women. She published it yesterday. It's about two women who... One who made it her life's work to make sure other women in science were not forgotten. And another who was kind of a pioneer in in making sure women in science were not forgotten. So um, I was like, I guess this is perfect for our podcast, which is all about women in science history. Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit about these women, but I also just recommend reading the article to learn more about them. So the first woman... Yeah, the first woman is Matilda Gage, who um, was a suffragist, and so she spent much of her life fighting for women's rights um, in the 1900s. However, she is also one of the first Americans to publish any study on women in science, in which um, she basically, you know, I I don't know what necessarily compelled her to do this, but she wrote a paper where she detailed a number of inventions that she credited to women or where she thought women deserve credit and were never given it. And she published it in 1870. Um, And yeah, she was basically just like, we're never going to be treated equally if people don't realize we're contributing equally. So true. She, yeah, it was like, Look at all these things we've invented, stupids. You, know. <laughs> you, you stupid idiots. <laughs> okay. And then, so, um, years later, another woman, about 100 years later, a woman, Margaret Rossiter, would be inspired by Matilda's paper. Um, so, Margaret was attending graduate school at Cornell, and she was studying the history of science. And she was sitting around with a bunch of dudes and asked, you know, have there ever been female scientists? And this was in 1969. Uh-huh. They could basically only name one female scientist. And guess who it was? Someone we haven't actually talked about yet. 
Marie Curie? Yeah, they could only name one female scientist. It was Marie Curie. She'd won the Nobel Prize, whatever. Yeah. But as we know, there had already been a lot of other female scientists before 1969. There have been. So. I hear too. Yeah. So, and they were like, uh, yeah, she is the only one. And like, <laughs> mostly her husband did all that stuff. Uh, which is, uh, uh, yeah, so crazy. And this is at Cornell. Yeah. And we know female scientists went to Cornell before. Anyway, stupid. So, although she was felt it was a very unpopular topic in her field of science history, she decided to start researching women who had made contributions to science. And she did most of her research in America. So this was like a lot of field research, like going traveling around the country to different universities. And eventually she discovered that, you know, there are of course dozens of women in science, um, in the U.S. by that time, you know. And she eventually published a series of three really large books titled Women Scientists in America, um, which brought to light the struggles women scientists face and uh, the fact that science history and science historians had been essentially overlooking the contributions of female scientists for many years. Does she want to just do our podcast? Yeah, it would, I mean, I don't know if we could ever interview her. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would um, be cool. She is still alive, so. Interesting. Um, yeah, she also uh, realized that often a lot of contributions of female scientists had been attributed to male scientists. Mm-hmm. And she coined a phrase for this phenomenon called the Matilda effect. Interesting. Have you ever heard of that? I feel like I have. Yeah. But I've also then forgotten about it. Right. Yeah. So, and this was named after Matilda Gage, who was kind of her, one of her early, you know, inspirations for all this work. Yeah. And so, anyway, she, she continued this research for quite some time. She's now mostly teaching at Cornell, but has had, you know, lasting contribution in terms of just making people aware of female scientists. Um, like Barbara McClintock and mm-hmm. other female scientists we've talked about, yeah, who we might not even know about without her. Yeah, that's awesome. Because so, we do, I we know, do not do the like, heavy lifting here. <laughs> no, but we need people like, yeah, we need people like Margaret Rossiter to like actually do the research, yeah. um, the historical research to so that these women can be. Um, study. I'm sorry. All of a sudden, I can't speak. (laughs) Are you okay? Are you having a seizure? A little. Okay. Yeah, a small one. That's fine. Um, Anyway, we need people like Margaret Rossiter so that, you know, no more women are forgotten about, essentially. And I think we have a lot today, and it's um, harder to kind of, at least with online presence and everything, it's, it's getting easier to research people who are doing research now, Mm -hmm. but even still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think we, we people are better at realizing that, like, women are in science, but I think we still yeah. have that issue mm-hmm. of we're not, especially in the U.S., not great with history, and we just forget right. or don't ever learn that women historically have made contributions. Yeah, and, like, pretty large contributions, yeah. and, yeah, and, like, we've discovered and she discovered contributions that men were given credit for where 
women were equal contributors or had done most of the work, you know? Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was a cool article. So we'll link to it as with everything else. Yeah. We'll have lots of fun, like, video shenanigans this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Awesome. That's awesome. I love the history of the history of. I know. I was like, I guess I have to talk about this. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I think, do you have any final, you have anything we need to talk about? Mm, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, <laughs> this has been our episode. Uh, if you like uh, our episodes, yeah. please rate, review, subscribe. It helps people find the pod. Uh, it's really important Def. for getting uh, new listeners. And also yeah. thanks to... Caitlin Friesen for all our awesome art and Artichoke for our theme music. And as always, you can go Go stimulate yourself. Stimulate yourself. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.